Hey guys, Clay Edwards here. I want to tell you real quick about RC Lawn Care. My buddy Richard Coley is going to be the guy you need to contact for all of your lawn maintenance needs. You can reach him at 601-502-3529. They offer roof-to-curb service, blowing off the roof, gutter cleaning, basic lawn care, including mow, trim, edge, and blow, full lawn cleanup, trash removal, garden supplies delivered, pine straw installs, driveway, and sidewalk pressure washing. If grass is growing, you need RC Lawn Care mowing. Again, 601-502-3529. Richard Coley at RC Lawn Care. Proud sponsor of the Clay Edwards Show podcast. Hey, 2023. What's today's date? May 29th? 29th, yeah. May 29th, 2023, live here in the ClayEdwardsShow.com studios for the Free Range Human Show of Choice. Your daily dose of reality radio, your Memorial Day edition, third annual live Memorial Day edition of the Clay Edwards Show with Sean Yurkron here in the studio with me, a military veteran himself, four years in the Marines. Yep. Yep. Thank definitely. you for your service, my friend. I appreciate it. Appreciate I, it. And you know, and I'm, again, I'm like most people, I just kind of late to the party on some stuff. I think it was really just over the last couple of years, I, I realized that, that Memorial Day was to celebrate folks who who died mm-hmm, right it you is know, I, I think everybody makes memori- that mistake right then, then you go oh yeah well, memorial that's that that's of course what it yeah. is so uh <clears throat> as we do as we uh go on with today's show want to uh send out our thank yous and condolences and everything to uh past military members and their families who made the ultimate sacrifice for uh for our freedoms uh sean uh, i saw your facebook post this morning mm-hmm. uh you know about their loss and their sacrifice gave us the ability to be able to to get up here and fight back and forth about Bud Light and transgender issues and mm-hmm. everything else, and uh, you know, every now and then you got to remember the, the 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 why we're doing what we do or how why we're able to do what we do. The reason for the holiday. Yeah, I mean that's what I wrote on Facebook. I was watching Band of Brothers last night. Have you ever seen it before? It's been a long time. Yeah, it's a great great series. I, I hope everybody watches it at one point in their life. And uh, you see those guys when they're twenties doing this stuff. You know, they were defending the world from tyranny and evil, and they they stopped it. I mean, a bunch of twenty year olds essentially did that, and that's just an amazing thing when you really think about it. It is, and you say it like that too. And, and you think kind of how we look at our 20-year-olds now mm-hmm. and how we, we blame so many of the world's problems on them, how soft they are, right. yada, yada, yada. You know, so just imagine plucking them out. Mm-hmm. Uh, world War Three pops off, right? And you had to pluck these 20-year-olds out of their out of their day jobs, their squatted trucks, their shopping malls, and everything else that they're doing, their video games, wh- whatever, you know, kids may be into today. Yep. And you got to drop them into Germany or... Uh, I guess now it would be Ukraine or Russia or right. wherever to go fight the bad guys. I, I, I don't know that they could do it. It, it would it, it would it would scare me that I don't know that they're yeah. the same folks as the Greatest Generation. I don't. I mean, that's a different breed of folks. That they, I mean, not only did they they stop they saved the world, they also built the world after the war. Yeah, they did. You know, they did just so much for us that you know I think we we've kind of lost the lost that thought process over there now. But of course, most of them are gone now at this point. So because. Uh, I think if you were what uh, it's uh, seventy eight years ago, World War uh, Two ended. So yeah. I mean, if you were twenty in nineteen forty five, you'd be like ninety eight today. Yeah, I mean, you're right at a hundred years old. So yeah, yeah. The, the greatest generation is is uh, slowly, not slowly, there fastly uh, mm-hmm. becoming extinct. Yeah, Jane, you, know, you think about all they did, you know, all these history documentaries that we like to watch and stuff. The men who built America and right. and all that. So many people who were born post industrial age, 
and whatnot that kind of they kind of helped build it. Not help. They when they came back, they turned America into the superpower, mm-hmm. the greatest country the world's ever seen. They they built it, you know. And we uh and we're yeah, like you just said, we're lucky that we can talk about these issues that to us seem so important. But God, are were they important compared to the issues that those guys dealt with? I mean, we're not sitting here talking about Nazis taking over the world, you know, or or, or stu- you know, or genocide of the of the Jews or those things that those guys stopped, you know, that they actually saved the world from, and it's just amazing. And, you know, I think, uh, but I want to give everybody credit, too. I mean, when something that, remember back in 9-11, and I remember Marshall Ramsey did this cartoon of uh, after 9-11 where it was a, an old uh, Greatest Generation veteran handing the flag off to a kid wearing an NSYNC T-shirt. You know, our generation, yeah. right? It was talking about our generation. And, uh, and you know, th- and those guys that I didn't go to Iraq, but those guys in Afghanistan, but those guys did go. They went, you know, guys that volunteered, and, and they did it, you know, like, you know, obviously it wasn't their fault that the wars were planned out poorly um that was no. the administrations of course and uh but uh they they those guys answered the call and they fought and you know and so i don't know maybe maybe if something happens these the kids on tiktok will rise up well we can only hope well yeah you know you, you would like to think that when it's your time mm-hmm. to serve you know you never know what motivates people i always say i would love to get america back to nine twelve oh one. Yeah. yeah yeah we were all for the most part red white and blue america yeah everybody you like, know, the, the next day I mean, who didn't cry when George W. Bush was standing on that uh, rubble, I mean, of the World Trade Center? I don't uh, think. I mean, that's an image that'll stick with you for the rest of your life, I think, if you're around at that time. I hear you. And the people that have brought down these buildings are going to hear all of us soon enough. Yeah. I mean, it's extent. just, it was, I mean, of course, he didn't act out on that later. I mean, the way he went about it wasn't great. But uh, at that moment, I think we all felt it. And Well, I think yeah. it was over the next 20 years, we all completely understood what the military-industrial complex meant. Yeah. Yeah, like Eisenhower warned us of that, right? Yep. Everybody told us that that wasn't going to be an issue and that we were going to deal with forever, and, and, and then, we have. And then, you know, through COVID, and not to just bring up COVID for no, no reason, but through COVID, we, under, we got an understanding of what the pharmaceutical industrial complex mm-hmm. was. And, you know, these, these huge corporations, when they get in bed with the, with the government— you know, it, it, it's it's something. Well, isn't that what they call fascism? Yeah, I mean, and that was on both sides, right? Because we knew Trump even started Operation Warp Speed, right? That was yeah. funding all that. The um, that it, it's funny you bring up COVID on that, and not to get in the weeds of that, but uh, I thought during COVID that we would have another nine eleven moment. You know, I thought, but that didn't happen. It was the alternate. I, I was I was thinking that we would have that moment where we already had this division at that point, and then that would be our moment to bring it back together. But man, it wasn't. I mean, it was not. No, I mean, both sides drifted further apart because mm-hmm. there was a side that was, wear the damn mask. Yeah. Get the effing jab. And there was a, there was a, the side I was on was like, kiss my ass. Right, right. I mean, yeah, exactly. Just we, we made we hated each other even more during that, you know, and, and because a lot of it, I mean, and I've told you this many times, a lot of it, a lot of lies were told to us, things that were just told as facts that we know weren't things that they knew. And it wasn't um, – it just we missed the moment at that point where we could have came together and said, "Hey, let's sit down. This is a real virus. We have to attack it. What's the best way to do that?" Well, and we didn't. And we didn't do that. It was multiple things for me at that moment that led me to take to dig the corner, to dig a hole in the corner that I did, and it was watching these um, these fake impeachment trials against my president. <laughs> okay, it was having to hear about Russia, 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 which we all felt was a lie, right? For four years, however, I mean, however long it had been, mm-hmm. and. I just all this other stuff going on, and then more, and then the the left having the audacity, uh, Kamala Harris in particular, having the audacity to say that she would never take a vaccine, uh, the Trump vaccine, 
and then be a part of the very administration that forced people to lose their jobs if they didn't take the vaccine. Yeah, I mean, she didn't, she didn't do any favors with that. And also, I mean, I think, like I said, you know, and you know, I've discussed this thing privately many times about what my issues were with COVID. And the the thing that also that I had a problem with what Trump did is Trump has a problem of of making everything about him. You know, he's a very he's a very egotistical person. I think whether you like him or hate him, anything is going to everybody's going to agree with that. And um, he had a moment too. I thought I thought that he could have easily won that election. I know you probably think he did. I don't think he did. Um, but I think he could easily won that election had he not gotten so angry and made it about himself, which, you know, and, and I, I thought he missed his moment at that point, too, where he could have just said, you know, I'm going to fight in the beaches. I'm going to do this is what I'm going to do. And and he wasn't able to do that. And um, then well, the le- in his defense, the media did not allow him to. Well, I mean, they attacked him for sure. I mean, they were going to attack. I mean, they, they well, they already hated him. Right. We got they, I, we, we agree on that. They already hated him and they were going to do whatever they could to go after him. I, I, I mean, I, I'm with you on there. But he, I mean, he tried to close. He tried to, you know, stop foreign travel and all these that, that and the other. It was all called racisted and bigoted and and then the lab know, xenophobic thing. and and all that stuff. And he was right. He was right to try to stop, you know, international travel, and but no, nobody wanted mm-hmm. to hear. Oh no, that's racist and bigoted. Right, right, yeah. I know. I mean, you know, there are things he did. Of course, the lab leak theory is the biggest one, right? I mean, like when we're talking, like that. Now we've come. It's pretty much general agreement that that's what happened. Yeah. We're like ninety percent sure. I think at this point that that's what happened. Nobody can argue against it. Yeah, but if you but three years ago, if you had mentioned that you were being racist or you were against Chinese people, and yeah. and and that was and and that's and that's what that's the problem. That's what happened during that thing. Nobody knew anything. And they said, we know, and that's what made everybody so mad. And that's why everybody, there was so much division about the whole issue, is because nobody just said, hey, guess what? We don't know anything. And if you just said that, I think we all would have been like, okay, okay, cool. There's this virus out there. It sucks. I don't know what to do, but at least they're being honest. And then, you know, and then the further removed we get from the thing, we realize that the very face of it all, Fauci, was pretty responsible for this lab leak. Uh, Not maybe not the leak, but the the development. You about the gain of function research? Gain of function stuff. And you know, and then he also greatly financially benefits from the from the vaccines. And the, does he the, benefit? The, I don't. I don't know about yeah, that he's portion. Got, I, he's got some patents. And stuff you know, I kind of tune it off when it's all this Fauci. This I always thought like this guy just works for the government kind of thing. I didn't really think he was making any. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I'd have to look that up because I just you know I've kind of tuned it all out the last couple of years. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Look, nobody in government is is getting out of this one unscathed from from the top down. No, it was an S show. I mean, the whole thing, right? It was an S, like, don't use the word, but, you know. And now all these politicians are running around here as we get ready to gear up for statewide elections, mm-hmm. pretending that they didn't, that they weren't all into this hook, line, and sinker mm-hmm. with these shutdowns and lockdowns and uh, COVID money and uh, paying people not to work and all this stuff. And, you know, Clay, I mean, that paying people, like, that, again, this is where, you know, I think the the right will sit there and blame the left on a lot of the stuff. You recall, those CARES Acts were passed, passed during the Trump administration. That's where that money came from. I mean, and that's, so everybody was in on this, man. I mean, this yeah. ain't a, this ain't a just like, it's the Democrats were saying, you know, I know they said things like, wear a mask, and of course you found out that that was useless. Well, if and they, those things, but, now, I mean, here's my thing. If you shut people down and don't, don't allow them to work, you've got to pay them. Yeah, right. I mean, you're gonna, I mean, yeah, exactly. That was the plan, to pay them, but... Um, but you could have opened things up, back up a, but a I mean, lot sooner. Sure, but those governors could have done that, and the president could have done that, right? I mean, but they went along with it just as well. Exactly. Well, that's what I'm saying. They, they all, mm. as we get ready for statewide elections, they all want to run. Like, they weren't 100% in on this. I'm mm. Tate Reeves in particular. Yeah, Tate Reeves. I mean, most governors, I think, except for what, who, Ron DeSantis, I think, didn't do that. Maybe. I mean, they all did it. 
a little at first. Like I remember Florida was the first shut its borders. Like you couldn't yeah. get into the state. And right. I, I, I don't like it, but after a couple of weeks, it was like, okay, people aren't dropping dead in the middle of the street here. Mm-hmm. Maybe this ain't the zombie apocalypse that we were fed to believe with the China propaganda that was floating around prior to it hitting our shores. Or like maybe it was regional specific. I don't mean like the virus, obviously, it can go anywhere, but in places like New York City, where everybody's condensed into one space, mm-hmm. it was easier. But when you're in a state like Mississippi, where everybody lives in the middle of bum wherever, yeah. like it's not the same thing, right? Yeah, we're most we're not in a bunch of high rise apartment complexes, breathing recycled air and right. recirculated air, should I say, and whatnot. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. That was something else that got brought up a good bit mm-hmm. through that whole thing. Was you know imagine being locked up with a virus is probably the worst thing you want to do. Yeah, yeah. Get outside, yeah. touch some grass. Yeah, I mean, and like I said, like in a city like New York City, it's 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 hard, right? Because it's so condensed and so densely populated. But uh, places like here, it was it's different. And they never said, "Hey, look, maybe we should attack this differently per areas how we manage it." And everybody just said, "We're going to all do the same thing." And and then of course people started revolting, like you know, in Florida and other states like that. Well, to, to the original point, not to turn into the COVID yeah, greatest right. hit show. Yeah, America law it had its chance to kind of come together, and yeah. I, I think it's pushed us closer and closer to a national divorce i mean especially coming on the heels of or actually you know kind of all together the black lives matter stuff the january 6th stuff then we had a presidential election in the middle of all that can you believe i mean you think about that 2020 was chaos man (laughs) absolute chaos i mean everything that drove this country further apart i mean i don't see how we come back there's gonna have to be a national divorce of sorts because i don't want anything to do with these left wings stay i don't want left wing states determining policy for me Mm -hmm. and i know they don't want us determining policy for them. Right. And, and we're kind of tied together at the hip, being forced to do what what the other wants to do. And Do you think this has been a problem since the founding of the country where, I mean, this is like some guys were debating this issue 75 years ago where they were saying, like, I don't know, I don't want, I don't want, you know, South Carolina telling New York what to do and such. Possibly. But now we've... I feel like the uniparty is bigger now than it was then, and I feel mm-hmm. like we're more in bed with these corporations mm-hmm. and the military-industrial complex, right. and we're being drugged into wars and these other things to benefit corporations and the elites. Because, you know, like at the time of the founding of the country, there were colonies that didn't want to leave England, yeah. right, that didn't want to. It, I mean, it took a while for everybody to come to a consensus on that. I mean, they had tried to plead with uh, King George for a while, and— and there was there was there was there was holdouts on this issue for a long time, you know, where they finally at some point they said, okay, this is our only option, and they did it. But I mean, there weren't there were people that you know, South Carolina was like, I, I don't want you know, Massachusetts is is uh, succeeding or whatever you want to call it, you know, leaving the the British Empire, and we don't want to. Why? What Massachusetts does isn't what we should do. So this feels like this is like something that started yeah. from the beginning, right? That we've been in we've been here from the beginning. Maybe so. Yeah, that's, that's a great way to look at it, too. You know, I'm, I'm definitely not the historian enough to be able to tell you. I can just tell you that I don't like it right now. Right. You know, like, yeah, exactly. Like, you don't want California telling you how to live your life, and they don't want you, Mississippi, telling. You know, I've hung out with so many friends from California that I spend time out there, and they're always like, why are we spending money to you? You know, like, they're in Mississippi. Yeah. we don't care about Mississippi. They always say that. Yeah. I mean, you know, so. If y'all want to kill babies, I, I don't agree with it. But you know, if that's what the state wants to do, that's what the state can do. You know, what would a national divorce look like, though? I've always debated that issue with friends. Like, well, how would that even go down? Let's talk about it on the other side of the break here. Okay. This is the Clay Edwards Show, live Memorial Day, 
2023 with Sean Yurt here in the ClayEdwardShow.com studios on 103.9 FM WYAB. What if I told you I have finally found a dependable, trustworthy person for all of your home remodel and repair needs? Whether you need a deck built, your kitchen remodeled, the whole house repainted, or just a room repainted, new cabinets, anything. What if I also told you that person does not require a material deposit, up to a certain limit, of course? Well, that guy does exist. He's right here locally. His name is Rodney Raider with Next Level Services. They're out of Flowood, Mississippi. They service the whole Tri-County area. You can go find them. They are on the Next Door app and check out all their reviews. Again, they do interiors, exteriors, remodels, decks, kitchens, painting, and more. And the great thing is no upfront material deposit is required. Now, look, be patient with Rodney. The best always have a, always have a little wait time. And uh, also, it's a 100% satisfaction guarantee. No payment until you are 100% satisfied. You can get in touch with Rodney now at 601-622-2016. That's Rodney Raider with Next Level Services for all of your home improvement and remodel needs. Breaking rules when necessary. Welcome back into the Clay Edwards Show. We're live here on 103.9 FM WYAB on this 2023 Memorial Day. Thought we would come in and do a live show. If uh, if folks can go to wars and die and fight for our country and our freedoms, I can get my butt up and do a live show. That is my philosophy. I've done it for three years in a row now. And uh, if you guys if you guys want to call in and give a and give a shout out to any of our military, uh, anything like that, anybody that's uh, made the ultimate sacrifice, or anybody that's over there you know, fighting right now. I don't know that where we're actually fighting. I guess you could debate. Uh, the Ukraine and some other places, but if you got a you got a military member in the family, you want to call and give them a shout out. The phone line's wide open six zero one eight seven nine zero 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 two. The guns of your text line made it a whole segment without mentioning it seven six nine two four one nineteen forty four. If you want to chime in on any of these topics that we're talking about this morning, kind of all over the place, but uh, I like a good show like that every now and then. Um, this segment is going to be brought to you by our friends over at Take a Break Deliveries. If you're sitting around the house today. Uh, me and Sean have been blowing this thing up about them delivering beer and liquor. And <laughs> yeah. I, I can't think of a better day than like your uh, Memorial Day weekend. You're sitting around the pool, you run out of beer or liquor, and uh, you're like, man, I just, just a little bit more. We're just a six-pack away from Ultimate Buzz. you know. But uh, who's going to draw the shortest straw and have to drive and go get it? And, of course, nobody needs to do that. You're an idiot if you do that. Check out TakeABreakDeliveries.com. They will deliver you. Alcoholic beverages, or, or of course, food from any restaurant that's open today that's on their uh, that's on their menu or that they have available. You can download the app at Take a Break Deliveries. I'm sorry, you can down, download the app, search Take a Break Deliveries on your fa- from your favorite app store, or just go to their website, TakeAbreakDeliveries.com. Locally owned, veteran owned food and alcohol delivery service right here in Central Mississippi. Keith Hocutt and his family do a great job running that operation. So check them out and use the promo code, all caps, CLAY601 for $5 off your order. All right, Sean. Do you think anybody's awake right now? Or did they just drink too much last night and nobody's I, awake? If the amount of traffic I did not see on the way in is any sign, yep. uh, I don't know if anybody's awake right now. I got here under, under 18 minutes from Bellhaven. Yeah. There was nobody on the road. I know. I, I normally get here at a quarter to seven. I pulled up at 630. And I, <laughs> and I didn't leave my house but about five minutes earlier than normal. Really? Kind of woke up. I'm like... All right, I've done all I can do right in the house. Let's get on out of here. Mm-hmm. I, was gonna, I stopped at the store to get a five-hour energy because I was out of coffee. And 
I was out of coffee myself on a terrible day to be out of coffee. That's why I got the Coke Zero. <laughs> I know. I've, I made my last little bit yesterday and was like, well, I'll, uh, I'll just get a five-hour energy in the morning. Sometimes a cup of coffee is just nice. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Especially on like a holiday, right? Yeah. There's something about a holiday and drinking coffee that's just awesome. Well, I got up yesterday and that's exactly what I did was just drink some coffee. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, man, I'm just going to take my time. I, I checked a few things on the calendar. I was like, if I still need to do this, still need to do that. I weaseled my way out of doing anything that I had to do. And I sat there and drank two cups of coffee and watched YouTube videos for a solid two hours. I was like, I've not been able to do this in a in a minute. That's the same exact morning I had <laughs> yesterday. Yeah. I I did the same thing. I uh, drank coffee and watched those Elon Musk videos with Tucker, actually, that Tucker interview. I watched the whole thing. And then he did a panel with uh, the Wall Street Journal. And I watched that, too. And I just sat there in my little home office and drank coffee and, and just didn't move until like about noon. Uh, shout out to Casey Ellis over at Ellis Autoplex. He is awake and uh, listening. Says he is sore as hell. He moved this weekend, but he is sitting outside by his new pool. So uh, I don't feel sorry for him for being sore from moving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now has a pool. And I expect my invitation. Oh, man. All right. So before the break, we kind of teased uh, what a national divorce. What, yeah. is that, what does that look like? And I, you know, I th- after we went off the, to, into the break, I said, or, you know, or civil war. Mm-hmm. How, how does that look? Because I don't think like Bill Maher made the joke that the Mason Dixon line across your granny's living room. Yeah. Now, and I, I don't think that's the case. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't think it's as simple as the Mason Dixon line or the Mississippi River being right. how this works. Because I don't know if Arizona is going to want to get in on the California side or you know some of those those, yeah. uh, those Midwestern states are going to want to get in. You know, you think Oklahoma and Texas are going to be on the Democrat side. And you can go, go on and so, so on and so forth with that. Uh, or the states that are like purplish states, like North Carolina, right? Mm-hmm. That's, you know, he has a Democratic governor, but a Republican state legislature. Like states like that that are really closely mixed, like which which side would they choose, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's got to be tough. You know, and we talked about what does Mississippi do? Well, I mean, I'm pretty sure Mississippi's going to be on whatever side the most radical conservative side would be, right? We, well, we're going to find out, you know, how purple these politicians are around here, but... Um, aside from that, you, you made the point that just using quick math here, maybe for like every dollar we send the federal government, we get back about a dollar thirty, something like give that, or, right. give or take. I, I think, mean, yeah, I don't have the number, but that's something like that. Right? We get more than we give. Mm-hmm. You know, I said, well, we just get our own little like a relationship, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like a bad relationship. I was like, well, you know, we, we do we have agriculture here. Mm-hmm. We're pretty self sustaining. Right. Oh, um, we have, we have a car manufacturer here. We just all be driving Nissans and Toyotas, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Are the Japanese going to be on our side? Right? Yeah. That's the thing. Uh, well, they're vested. Yeah. They're, we, you know, we got ports. We got yeah. the ocean. We got the Mississippi River. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we've got a lot of natural resources here. That we get, there's a refinery too, I believe. Yeah. A refinery. So, but you know, I don't think it's going to come down to individual states becoming sovereign countries. So I don't know that that really matters. Be like Europe, right? You know, all, this, all the countries are so the are smaller. Yeah. yeah, I mean, just you know, you could have a, and then you could have those in, individual states or their own country, and then we have this kind of like a loosely defined union or something like the European Union. Oh, you know, you know, if we uh, become our own sovereign country, they're bringing back the rebel flag. I'm sure they would. I mean, you know, somebody like Chris McDaniel will be on the front of that. I'm sure. I hope. Uh, I don't. You don't. You don't want the rebel flag. No, no, back. no. I don't want the rebel flag. But I'm I'm pulling for Chris McDaniel. Oh, you are. Okay, yeah. okay. I'm not. Obviously. I, uh, all right. Let's shifting gears real quick. We can talk about imaginary civil wars and, yeah, that, social, right. and, and national divorces all day. Yeah, and that ain't going nowhere. Sure. Um, I was talking with some folks yesterday, and I, I am a Chris McDaniel supporter. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, I believe 
he's got a bunch of people who are supporters for him who very they're very very loud, and they're they're a bad look for. And every politician has this, sure. But yeah. in the state of Mississippi, I don't think nobody has it more. Yeah, he's kind of got that aura they're, around him. They're right? Chris McDaniel's. Yeah, that he just. He just, um, whatchamacallit, has that group of, you know, people that, you know, you're just like, okay, I don't know that I'm going to be with them. Yeah. That's the problem. And and, and again, I support him. And if you ever have more than a two second conversation with him, you realize that's not, he's not this guy that they have kind of built him up to be. Yeah. I heard he's an all right dude, like on a personal level, like just hanging out here drinking coffee. Like some people have told me, but right. His, the public perception of him is maybe different or at least the way I perceive him because I don't know him. And he's even more soft spoken than you would think. I've seen Mm -hmm. him speak a few times and I've met Chris and I mean, I like him again. He's going to have my support, especially against the Democrat that's currently Lieutenant. Okay. Let me ask you, since you're a Republican and, and and I'm just looking at this as an outsider, Delbert Hostman, who was the main proponent of um, voter ID laws, right, in like 2007-ish, right, late aughts that he pushed that, I think it was. Yes. I mean, that's a very conservative issue that's been a, one of the benchmarks of the Republican Party for a long time, wouldn't you well, agree? Well, I mean, if you're going to sit around and pretend to be a Republican, you're going to have to you're going to have to take our side on a few things here and there. Uh, here's, where, here's where the Democrat stuff has come in play a lot right. here lately. He is the lieutenant governor. He has control of the Senate. He is a Republican, allegedly. He is putting Democrats in control of very powerful committees. Mm-hmm. And we're, we have hell getting any conservative legislation through the Senate side. Okay. That, why, otherwise, why would you give the, the other party any control unless you're trying to cross over because you want that vote? I mean, is it, you want, you want, you're talking about he wants the vote in the election. We should and be, you think he's going to have the Democrats support him? Yes. We should, and that's exactly what he's doing. And we, we should be a super red. We have, we have super majority. Mm-hmm. We don't need the Democrats to come along for anything. No, I mean you don't. You're, I mean you can do what you want to do. Right? And, that's, and, and that's for and sure. We, and, we're, and we're a purple state uh, in terms of the Senate, right? Is what you mean? I mean uh, not, certainly not the House. No, the House. The House does well. I mean, there, there's some things I question with them too, but generally speaking, I can't be too unhappy mm-hmm. with the House side. The Senate side is very, very left leaning. What specifically have they blocked? See, that, again, I'm not a conservative. I don't know that. Like that, you guys want. Well. There was the uh, HB 1020. Okay. Oh, they, they, they blocked that in the they, Senate? They, they neutered that thing. Okay. You know, let's see. What else was it? I, 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 I love being put on the spot. But I oh, I didn't not, mean I no, just No, no, no. You didn't, you didn't do it. I did it to myself here by bringing it up. Uh, what was the other thing? It was the, uh, it was the oh, it's the, it's the child, it's the, it's the parents' bill of rights deal. Okay. Over vaccines and all that crap. Mm-hmm. And it's the parents' bill of rights deal through COVID. There was a parents' bill of rights thing that they blocked. It's the vaccine nonsense. We're the most heavily vaccinated state in America okay. for, for, you know, birth at birth, you know, preschool, school vaccine, children vaccines. Okay. I had to get Mary Jo on here for that. There were some other things, too. Let's see. Uh, Do you oh, think- yeah. You know what else he did? He removed the damn uh, sojourner. He, he redistricted a conservative district off the damn map. With Melanie Sojourner. Because she was a big Chris McDaniel supporter, wasn't she? She ran his campaign at one point. Yeah, that's what I thought. I mean, um, so he just used, he po- politicked her right out of the, right out of the Senate. My next, okay, then I'm going to go to this, too. I mean, do you think Chris McDaniel has, has a shot to beat him? Yes. You do? It, it, and that's going to come down to fundraising. Okay. And, and, and he's going to be out, he's going to be outraised by, he's going to be out fundraised by, by Delbert. Right. Because big business is going to get behind Delbert. But I think the people are going to get behind Chris. 
you know, my biggest problem with Chris is the what happened in 2020 with the flag. And I think that was a time we're talking about earlier about the country coming together. And you should, I'm sure you remember this, Clay. The state came together that day, which I thought was one, actually one of the greatest dates, days in the, the history of the state of Mississippi was when we did that. And uh, Chris McDaniel was an outspoken, you know, opponent of that. And that's one of I would say that's probably my biggest problem with him. And, and yeah, look, the flag thing. I was I was for changing it, but I you know but I was also six one way half dozen other. It just mm-hmm. wasn't my heel to die on. Right. I I tell the story all the time. I grew up as a Mississippi State fan. Always associated that flag with Ole Miss. Okay, that's and, and, and it's just a very simple, stupid thing yeah, here. Yeah. And I admit that this is stupid. Um. So the when when the flag went away, I was like, that's, that's an Ole Miss problem, not a, not a not a clay problem. Right. You know, they, oh, they took their flag. Okay. You know? Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, and it was on the gen- and it was on the General Lee. You know, right. I, I never owned a Mississippi flag. Okay. I'm never gonna own a Mississippi flag. The old one, yeah. the new one. I'm an American. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the state flag just doesn't mean anything to me. Now I understand the other side of it. Man, it's the whole slippery slope thing. You give an inch, they take a mile, and I'd be damned. They have taken more than a mile since we, we well, gave, them, gave them an inch and took the flag down. And it's just, now it's it's everything. Well, you know, we talk on the show a lot about symbols, right? We, mm-hmm. we we talk about it and how those like they're important to your, your on your side. You guys are talking about like Bud Light is a kind of a symbol of Americana. At, at one point, and that yep. really you know upsets conservatives that they use this Dylan Mulvaney thing. Well, let's look on our side here, like and especially with African Americans, our you know black brothers and sisters in the state. That's a symbol, you know, that that affected them. That was you know that was hurtful to them. So I think you know, if you look at it from that perspective, you can see why that was such an important issue because that was a symbol. It was a negative symbol to them and to to a lot of us. So I and I think um, not you know recognizing that or Chris McDaniel not recognizing that to me was a massive problem. Where the majority, I think, the state, a lot of the politicians did recognize that eventually. I mean, I know it took some pushing with business interests, right? It wasn't all like just, you know, their pure heart, right? Not all of them were like, oh God, we're just doing this because it's the right thing to do. I mean, there was a lot of, I think the, you know, NCAA threatened to cancel certain tournaments and there was other businesses and that kind of thing that then protested because of it. But, um, but at the end of the day, I mean, that in the middle of, we're talking about COVID in the middle of COVID, we did this. Finally, we did this. And I thought it was a big moment for the state. Again, a lot happened in 2020. God bless, man. I mean, while we were all stuck in the house, too, you yeah, know. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, you know, and then I remember us getting out to try to protest because, you know, we wanted to go back to work, and we were all called a bunch of racist bigots for wanting to go back to work. Mm-hmm, right. Know, but the BLM protests were or, just fine. It wasn't, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't remember the rates, but I do remember saying that you're being selfish, which is, you know, kind of ridiculous, I think, because then there was, of course, protests, which I think, and we've discussed this before, even on the air, where that was my the hypocrisy of that was my issue at the time where like you're saying people can't go back to work or people can't go to, you know, a Trump rally, but you're fine with them going to a BLM protest. Like if we're going to do anything, you have a position, you need to be consistent about it. And that's kind of the whole tenor of the show, right? We're talking about like consistency, like whether you're going to be consistent, whatever your political viewpoint is and, uh, and they weren't. But I mean, that being said, yeah, I think the the 2020 was like our 1960s, like our generation's 1960s, you know, there was so much radical change that happened that year nationwide statewide that i mean it will impact us for the rest of our lives yeah uh, woodrow texts in and says the flag thing was pushed through without the full input from the state citizens we weren't given options to any degree well we're a representative government mm-hmm. we sent representatives right. down there and that's what they did yeah i mean at the end of the day it, it was not illegally done uh, you may not we may not like it the, the choices may have sucked but the, that, that's the form of government we have, and mm-hmm. we've given them the power to do what they did. And, uh, again, do I like the current flag? No. Did I, I didn't like the old one. 
you know, right. I mean, I, I, there was there was a couple that I kind of did like. There was one with like a river kind of run through it. That was split red and blue. I thought it looked pretty cool. Uh, I like the one with the with the cockroach, the mosquito on it. Yeah, there was better designs, right, than yeah. the one that. I mean, I don't. I mean, I like the one that we've got now, but there were some better designs. Even that Stennis flag that I thought was was all right. You know, I don't know, but they didn't go with that one. And um, but yeah, it's a it's a representative government, and that's what we you know like them do. A lot of times, politicians will try to take the easy way out and put it to like a referendum or initiative or whatever you want to call it, like they did in two thousand one with the flag, and you know they let the voters decide. On it, on that issue, well, I mean that's not the government we've got, right? Like that's that's them, that's them, that's a cop out in my mind. I believe we got to take a break. Yeah, I, I firmly believe if they had put it to a vote, it would have still changed. Just like just yeah. like they, just like they didn't think marijuana would make it on there. Yeah, I yeah. think there was enough people ready to see it change. I agree I believe with you. It would have changed. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. Breaking rules when necessary. Uh, we ran over pretty good that last segment, so this is going to be a little shorter five six minutes something like that but this segment gonna be brought to you by how about ellis autoplex i didn't talk about my own place of employment much last week <clears throat> y'all get out there and see us we're closed today but we will be open tuesday wednesday thursday friday saturday back to normal business hours nine to six nine to three on saturday come see me i'll be there all week from tuesday forward Looking forward to seeing everybody. We got a ton of F-150s out there. We got an F-250. Heck, I borrowed it yesterday. I borrowed it Saturday to to move something. Plenty of power. Big old truck. But uh, check us out, man. If you're looking for an F-150, we got them starting at 12.9. That's right, man. I got a 2010 Platinum two-wheel drive, 210,000 miles for 12.9. Nice truck. And got them going all the way up to 36.9 on the F-150s. We got some more. We got to say, I got the more expensive F two fifty out there. I, I don't want to misquote the price. You can go see it on our website if you're in the market for an F two fifty. It's twenty seventeen model, I believe. Anyway, check it out. Ellisautoplex dot com. Man, if you're looking, I'm telling you, if you're looking for a pre owned F one fifty, come out there to Little Truck City. And when I say little trucks, I'm not talking about small trucks. I'm talking about we're a small lot with a lot of trucks, and uh, we got the F one fifties stacked up. I did a video on my Facebook Saturday from the lot and went over every one of them. So go check them out. And hey, uh, we do have more than just F-150s. I got a 370Z out there right now. I got an Acura MDX if you need an SUV. I got an Explorer. I've got a fully loaded Equinox Premier Edition all-wheel drive if you want an American-made SUV. So check them all out, ellisautoplex.com. And don't forget, we buy cars too. And uh, look, man, if your credit's hit a bump in the road and you got enough money down, I can get you financed. But I'm t- I, I just say, you, you can't have bad credit and no money down. It just, unfortunately, it's, it's, like, it, it, it's, like, a, it's like an unattractive woman with a bad attitude. You've you got to pick your struggle. You can't be both. You, you can't be both. <laughs> anyway, check it out online, ellisautoplex.com, or come see us in person right there on Highway 471 in Brandon, Mississippi. Sean. And good good on you guys for being closed on Memorial Day, by the way. You know, yeah. like, I think a, a lot of businesses have started to move to that or, you know, the good ones at least. Yeah. Man, okay, so I'm conflicted. Mm-hmm. As a capitalist, I, I see why people do it, especially in the car, in retail stuff. I see why because it's a day that people have off, mm-hmm. but they can go shop that day. Yeah. You know, so it's like I have the time to do it if customers want to come do it. But it is nice to give to give your employees off, you know, or at least rotate a day with them, mm-hmm. or, or or something. But I I, know, I I see it more and more. 
You know, I mean, and also, look, lucky for you, like in the car business, I mean, if somebody wants a car, they're going to get a car. They're going to find time to go get, I mean, because you need a car. You got to have a car. Yeah. So they're going to find time. That's kind of one of those, it's, I guess, you know, if you're like Target, right? Let's use Target as an example. It's a little bit different, right? Because there's a lot of some stuff there. You, you don't need a, you know, po- Pokemon toy or whatever, but. But a car, you need a car. So if you're someone's ready to buy a car, they're gonna they're gonna find a way to get it. I know. I have. I stand slightly corrected. Uh, we got two guys that are gonna be there doing some work till two. So if anybody wants to swing by and check something out, they are there till two o'clock today. So uh, <clears throat> I went in and worked solo Saturday, so they can come in and work today. Were <laughs> you there by yourself? <laughs> I, I love it by myself up there. Um, I, I kind of cut some music on. Ain't got to worry about bothering anybody else or cut a podcast on. Yeah. If anybody comes, great. If they don't, I mean. Uh, not as great because I don't yeah. make any money. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, I, I, look, I volunteered to work every Saturday for this one reason. Saturday is the most expensive day for me to be off work. Is it? Okay. I will. I will find things to spend money on oh. that I never knew I needed. Yeah. On a Saturday, you. So if I work on Saturdays, even if I don't make any money, I'm making money because I'm not spending money. Right, right, yeah. So, you know, that's why we end up selling a car or two on Saturdays anyway. So it always works out good. Yeah. But I'd much rather take a day off during the week and work every Saturday. It seems like Saturday would be the best day to work at a car lot, right? Because, I mean, people do have that day off for most of the, most people. You know, it, it's it, like at a dealership like us that doesn't have but like one uh, fixed bank that, or two that we can send stuff to and get funded that day. Yeah. It's a little tougher. Uh, at these bigger lots where they have a bunch of different banks, they had the manufacturer bank, mm. you know, like a Toyota Motor Credit or a Chrysler Motor Credit right. or a Ford Motor Credit, you know, Ally, Cap One, just all these big b- banks and stuff where they're going to send it to and it's done six days a week, yeah, seven days a week, whatever. Where we don't necessarily have access to that. So d- a lot of times with our credit union systems or people that we use at credit unions and local banks and stuff. They're not open on Saturday. You can't get any kind of approval. Sure. But I, I do have a bank or two that we can use. But uh, if people <clears throat> have their own bank. A lot of times, too, we use cars. People go through their personal banks and credit unions. Okay. And that's got to happen during the week. Do but, people, like, what's the percentage of people that bring their own? I've seen you talk about this on Facebook a lot, that bring their own financing to you. I mean, do they just come with their Because I've always just got my own whenever I financed a car. I went to the bank and got the car. That's a good question. I would say it's it, 50-50. 50-50. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a fair, depending on the depending on the week. Mm-hmm. You know, you may have a week where everybody b- brings a certified check from their bank or just brings you a check, and yeah, I mean, there's a lot of money floating around out there. I'm amazed right. at how many people still pay for their, just scratch a check without a lien holder. Really? Really? Yeah, yeah just pay cash for the car? Mm-hmm. All right, let's take a break real quick, come back, close out the first hour here with Sean. Yark, come on. We're going to get into some stuff about AI, too, in hour number two. Yep. Uh, we're going to have a debate in AI. Yeah. <laughs> so this should be interesting. We'll be right back on the Clay Edwards Show. Breaking rules when necessary. Welcome back into the Clay Edwards Show. We're live here at 103.9 FM WYAB. I want to shout out real quick to a fellow that I got to meet in person yesterday at the function I went to, Mr. Don Barnes. I promised Don that I was going to play a kick-butt version of the National Anthem. Unfortunately, Don, I have tried twice. The they, Facebook has taken the video, has taken the audio off the video i guess maybe some copyright issues and uh i will not let me play it so i will effort finding it on youtube and uh try to get that version of the video played for you as i said i would so uh shout out to dan i did not forget you i just am having issues with uh facebook where you sent me the video to so that happens every now and then hey again uh 
lot of our sponsors are open today. Get out, support them. Let's see here. Acme Pizza and Daiquiri will be open at 4 p.m. If you want to get uh, some pizza delivered to your parte later, that'll be the place to do it. If you want to get out of the house and get away from the family by then, get over to Acme Pizza and Daiquiri. It's open till, from 4 p.m. until slanging pies, slanging drinks, nine different frozen daiquiris on tap, full-service bar. And, of course, they're available at take-a-break deliveries and all other major food delivery platforms. Available for takeout and, of course, dine-in right there at Fan and Mart on the Riz. Uh, I think more than any other sponsor, I get feedback about Acme Pizza and Daiquiri. You guys going out there supporting them and having a good time and enjoying the food every time. All right, we'll be back after our top-of-the-hour news break here on 103.9 FM. All right, welcome back in. This is the Clay Edwards Show. We are live here on 103.9 FM WYAB. This segment is going to be brought to you by our good friends over at Gracie South Jiu-Jitsu and Kickboxing. Hey, they got kids' summer camp classes going on right now, $199 for the whole summer. From the day they get out of school to the day they go back, uh, they'll be there learning uh, Jiu-Jitsu and self-defense, bully prevention. We need that in this world today. We need that. But, hey, there's so much more than just a uh, just summer camp for your kids, man. Adult jiu-jitsu classes taught by Hoist Gracie Black Belt, Mr. Chance Shepard. Chance is also a former bodybuilder. If you sign up for their kickboxing boot camp, you can also, uh, for I think it's only $25 a month, you can take advantage of having Chance help you with your meal plans. And I, I'm telling you, I don't think you're going to get a nutritionist around here to touch you for $25 a month. So take advantage of that. Even if you only use it to help him, to get him to help you with your your meal plan, it seems like that's a great deal to me. They have women's self-defense classes. They have kickboxing classes, of course. And uh, they have children's jiu-jitsu, as I previously mentioned with the uh, children's summer camp stuff. So check them all out. They've got two locations to serve you, Gracie South Jiu-Jitsu and Kickboxing in Madison on Ridgecrest Drive and in Pearl at Fairmont Plaza. GracieSouth.com. Sean. Yep. We talked a little about AI. Right, yeah. I try to stay on topic here, or stay on course anyway. And uh, first thing I did is I went to ChatGPT. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is your idea here, too. Great idea, by the way. And I, I just said, explain the Bud Light debate from a conservative point oh, of cool. view. Oh, cool. I didn't try that one. All right, yeah. And Because uh, that, that one's been a hot topic. They're basically giving the beer away right now. Uh, it's going to be interesting. I, I'm just really curious to, to get on the other side of this weekend when all the sales numbers come in and see how Bud did uh, locally. Because I'm going to tell you, I only saw one person drinking a Bud Light over the weekend. Now, I was not around a bunch of places where people were drinking. Right. I met some buddies at a reunion country club the other day. My buddy. Uh, oh, Cor- you fancy. Mm-hmm. My, <laughs> yeah. my, my buddy Corey was drinking a Bud Light and he woke up yesterday gay. <laughs> tra- tra- tragic set of circumstances. <laughs> uh, I kid, I kid. He was already gay. No, I'm yeah, kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> He's listening right now. Going to kill me. Uh, no, but uh, let's see here. Uh, I went to that. I went to this that big cookout out there in Rankin County yesterday, and not a, I did not see a single person with a Bud Light in their hands. <laughs> Here's Corey texting me. Said, "Damn, I'm just messing with you, buddy." Uh, but he was the only person I saw drinking. He just he don't get into the culture war stuff, right? You right. know, like what it just I mean, he's plugged in, but he, he didn't care. This culture war thing is 
it's another level. I would say there's levels to this. Yeah. You know, the, 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 there are normies out there who, who are plugged in. Nobody they, cares. They, get up, they go to work. They don't care about all this stuff. Yeah. You know, and, and I have to remind myself of that, too. Yeah. You know. Because you do this every day. Yeah. I mean, you're here every day. That's when I worked at uh, the DA's office, man. I used to think, like, everybody's paying attention to all these cases that we're doing. And, and everywhere I go, people know. And then I go, like, hey, you heard about – man, what are you talking about? I don't know what you're doing. They're not paying attention. They don't care. It reminds me of the debate that I would have during COVID with people that worked in hospitals. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm out here in the, in the real world, you right. know, and seeing real people that aren't sick. All you see are people who were sick enough to have to go to the hospital. Like my sister, who talks about this all the time. You know, she's an even ER nurse for years and years, and and you know, hear her talk about it—the the horror that it was yeah. dealing with that during COVID and working in the hospital during COVID. It was just—I mean, it's just so traumatic to all these nurses that had to deal with that. You mm-hmm. know, how horrible it was for them from their perspective because they were in it. You know, they lived it every day. Yeah, and then I felt like they would come out of that and try to tell us that. We had to abide by this certain standard or these certain rules because you haven't seen the inside of a hospital. I'm like, I've said this phrase three or four times today already, but I think it's relevant. Like, I think maybe you need to take your shoes off and touch some grass. You know, get out in the real world a little bit, breathe, realize everybody ain't dropping dead. Yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, it's going to, right, it's, if you're in the environment, just like I said, I use the DA example, like, you, like your world is like everybody's getting murdered, right? Yeah. Like, there's constant crime because that's all you see all day. And just like my sister's example, like, all she saw was the horrible things of people just dying constantly. Yeah. And, it, and that has an impact on you, and you, that's your worldview that and then is that, is that that's what's going on all the time because that's all you see. And I am sucked all the way into the cultural algorithm. Right, yeah, right. And nobody's like, most people are like, Bud Light, what? You know, I mean, I just or, or, or Target. Yeah. I mean, I mentioned how people actually been uh, heard. I, I saw something actually on the way here. I was watching WABT this morning, and uh, some dude had actually like emailed bomb threats to Target. Have you seen this? Uh, yeah, it was actually a left wing guy. Was it? I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. Even, I just a, saw it pop up on the news. It was a left wing guy, <laughs> and and now they're saying, "Oh, it was just a prank. It was just a prank." Like now, if a, if a, if a right winger had pulled that same prank, it would have been a. Domestic it was, they already terrorism. know it was a left wing guy. Yep. Yeah, okay. I watched a couple of videos about it over the weekend. Okay, I just saw it this morning. Real briefly, I was getting ready, and I'm trying to leave it. I saw that like there was an email. To, was he mad because they're pulling the stuff? Correct. That's how they Jeez. assumed it was the left one. He was mad because they were pulling it. Told him they didn't put it back up. He was going to bomb them. And this world is so nuts. I swear. I mean, you know, and <laughs> I mean that's just. We can get back to the AI stuff in a second, but I, I, I like this. I like this line of conversation here. Um, I think a lot of us are victims of the algorithm. You yeah. know, it's like if you if you do, if you show and I brought this up talking about my TikTok stuff the other day, mm-hmm. if you show any interest, whether YouTube, TikTok, social media at all in one topic, you may not be an extremist by any means. You just have some slight conservative views. You looked at a thing or two. You, you laughed about a Bud Light meme. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, the algorithm's coming. Yeah. And it's all you're going to see is this is it. This is, man, look, it's everything in my news feed. It, this must be a big deal. Right. Uh, Clay Travis, uh, that found, formed Outkick and replaced um, Rush Limbaugh, says, you know, has for years said Twitter's like a fun house, like a, like a circus mirror house. Right. It's just, it ain't, <laughs> that's a good analogy. It, it, it ain't real life. Yeah. You know, it's just like most people don't have a Twitter. Yeah, they don't. And, and you know, just because something seems really, and corporations have been very guilty of, driving things based on Twitter complaints and cancel culture and, you know, and whatever else. And, and like me, for example, making a big deal out about the Bud Light and Target. Oh, that's like my buddy Will. He is, you know, very far further left than I am and really involved in a lot of Democratic campaigns. And 
during uh, 2020, he was he's obsessed with Twitter, just obsessed with it. Yeah, and I'm not. I look on there like sports scores and yeah. you know, a couple of news articles or whatever. And uh, he um before January 6th, he was like Sean, the uh, 10th Mountain Division is is, is going to support Trump and uh, try to stop his uh you know like him removed from office or whatever. And I was like, what are you talking about? The militaries? And he's like, yes, this is all over Twitter. And you know, he's like, totally convinced that this was going to happen. And I was like. What are you talking about? <laughs> like, there's a military coup coming? You know, of course, all the events that happened, but it wasn't a military coup, you know? And, uh, but I think people just get, on both sides, get so sucked into this, like, where they're just like, and that's all they see. That's a feed that like, you're talking about, the House of Mirrors. Yeah. All they see is what the narrative that, that they're looking for come from. It's like when I look on Facebook now that I'm, you know, I'm on this uh, hiatus from drinking, and all my entire feed is, these fake alcoholic beverages to try, you know, like yes. they're like, Oh, Hey, you know, try whatever spirit list or try this and, and, you know, liver detox. And, and that's the entire feed is this now since I've uh, been on this kick. Yeah. Look, man, it's funny you say that. Cause I, I, I've got a really nice uh, podcast mixer at my house and I haven't been using it as much. So oh, kind of over the weekend when my girlfriend's been out of town, I'm like, I'm just going to, kind of nerd out a little bit and try to get back into some of my tech stuff. I dug out all my drones and mm-hmm. just all my gadgets, something that I've bought. Oh, you got some life. drones? Yeah, a drone. A drone. Not drones. I drone and my, like my GoPro cameras and mm-hmm. I was just updating everything. I just firmware updates. Yeah. And I was watching some videos. So now, of course, on my Facebook, every ad is for a Rode Podcaster Pro and yeah. the stuff I already have, but because right. I guess I watched videos on it, it had to uh, show me more stuff about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, but but yeah, when we get sucked into these algorithms and we think it's real life, yeah, and and, and it's not. I, I brought that up on my TikTok thing. I said TikTok got 1.3 million views in the last 60 days, and from a, for very localized content. Which which content was it? All your TikToks or just one? That's all of them. Just uh, over 1.3. How many million? 1.3 million. Million? Yeah. Over sixty days. Over, People care that much about Jackson? Well, that's what I said. I, I, mean, I was like, I said, because I so I made a video. I've been tinkering with some other type stuff, more like national stuff. Yeah. They, they may get three or 400 views. Okay. Um, I did a picture of my steak or a little video of my, of my steak yesterday. 600 views. But if I started out, Jackson, Mississippi. <laughs> that is your tagline, by the way. 50, you got 50,000 <laughs> 50, views. You know, Who's watching this stuff about Jackson? That is crazy. I don't know if it's so much about Jackson or if it's about something – Pings that algorithm because it's usually just talking about Democrats behaving badly. Okay. At the end of the day, whether you can replace Jackson with Memphis with Atlanta, I mean, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. so it's the same thing. Urban Democrats killing one another. And I, I guess that that is just content that once people have liked it once, when I, when the AI. They see it, keep seeing it. Yeah, they keep seeing it. And it was like me starting the video off Jackson, Mississippi, that got a. Two hundred. One of them got two hundred fifty thousand views last week. Mm-hmm. Well, that now that's two hundred fifty thousand people. Wow. Who are most likely going to get the next one shoved in their, shoved yeah, in their newsfeed? That's true. You know, I have friends that watch. Uh, I don't. Some I think uh, see your TikTok, but this is people that live out of state and and other things about Jackson. And uh, somebody called me a few weeks ago and said. I mean, do you live in hell? <laughs> like, you know, like, they're like, do you like, because like, and I would joke with people that do live in Jackson where we become like, we have like Stockholm syndrome in Jackson, you know, yes. like, cause like, I just can't imagine, like, I love my neighborhood and I'm like, oh, this pothole is totally normal. And this, you know, the fact that I got like 18 bottles of Kenwood sitting in my, uh, Kentwood sitting in my uh, living room, it seems totally normal to me. 
And then, you know, I'm concerned about when, what time I drive home from my friend's house down the street, you know, because I might get robbed or whatever. Like, this is like a normal behavior. I can't, but then you go to a place that, like, I was, uh, I, I spent a lot of time in Montana, right? And I'll go skiing there a lot. And you turn on the local news and it's like, Miss Sally Smith uh, had a uh, snowmobile accident today and the sheriff's department came out and picked her up and they gave her some nice hot cocoa today. And that's like the news, right? Like, that's what happened in, in Bozeman, Montana. And you're like, how do, I'm like, how do people live like this? Like, this, like there's no action here at all. Well, you know, just just for and well, here's to your point about Stockholm syndrome. Uh, the things that have happened in Jackson have been a progression, right? Yeah, you know, so it wasn't like we went from hot cocoa to 153 homicides. <laughs> yeah, right. You know what I mean? It was. A, it We're was gonna a go pro- back to hot cocoa. <laughs> yeah, right. it, was a, it was a progression from hot cocoa to people getting robbed in the streets. To 83 homicides, to 84 homicides, to 153 homicides. You know, I was reading that book you recommended about, is it Vincent Venturini mm-hmm. wrote those two books, uh, One Direction Home and the other one's about Once We Crown Royalty. Yes. And I read the Once We Crown Royalty. I haven't got to the South Jackson book yet, but it was talking about like, oh, we, you know, the Greek immigrants came and they opened a candy store in downtown Jackson and everybody made their nice little candies and sweets. And I'm like, this sounds like this idyllic society that I, I can't even imagine, you know, that ever existed here. Where I can't remember downtown. I'm like, oh, I'm just going to make my nice, you know, dessert and then go buy some candy and then, like go to the movies. That like it's just like this is it just doesn't even seem real. Like that that ever existed here, considering the Jackson that we know. You know, like yeah. When, when we were redoing the club downtown on Capitol Street, there, <clears throat> you know, it, they the entrance ways to these businesses used to have these really nice tile custom with our logos you can still see the cohen brothers one downtown yeah and there's there's some of that all through there and i'm like man i just love to know the history of all these find Mm -hmm. some cool pictures and uh like one of my nightclubs the the entrance downtown or downstairs on the sidewalk at capitol it was like a like a glass an optometrist and then a a, for your eye doctor an optometrist Mm -hmm. it was like a i was confused that one too by the way yeah i I mean every time (laughs) it was like it was an optometrist but i think they actually sold glasses there too Mm -hmm. and stuff i had to go remember the name it's on the corner of capital and ferris where american deli is yeah i think it's what's in the building or what's on the sign anyway i don't know what's in the building right and just interesting stuff like that you make a great point It, it was it was a it was yesteryear yeah, it's like this, like really, like I don't know, like the, everything was thriving down there, and it just seems. And then it wasn't. And then it wasn't, you know. And now it's. I mean, now it's not. I mean, even going back to the, we were talking about the '90s at the break, right? And it wasn't like it was, you know, uh, folks that weren't around then. It wasn't like it was super nice in the '90s. I mean, it wasn't like no. we were downtown Jackson was, it was ideal. Still get then. out of there by five o'clock. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. It was not the. You know, actually, I would say that I don't know. If maybe you agree with me. Downtown Jackson actually now is far nicer than it was in the 1990s now oh, oh yeah, yeah you know in terms of what what's there in comparison to yeah, as far as like just ac- architectural yeah you know and how it looks i mean the king edward was uh you know basically yeah. abandoned we used to i don't know if you did but we used to climb it mm-hmm. at night and go I've to the top got, and on one of my use illegal stuff on one of my <laughs> old computers i've got a bunch of photos from from an urban exploration trip right as they had they had cleaned it out mm-hmm. but it sat there they'd done the environmental cleanup right but they had not done the started the remodel yet I need to bust that thing, bust that thing open, and power it up, and get those picks off there. I think that would that would be that's yeah really good for the Save Jackson page. Yeah, I mean, because like I said, that that was yeah you'd go down like you could what I mean in the nineties we were talking about the living room, the coffee house at the mm-hmm. break, right? There was that and the midnight sun, the midnight sun, and there was an amphitheater behind all that, right? Yes, there was because three eleven came and played there one time, yeah. right? I think that was three eleven. Yeah, it was, it was, we called it an amphitheater, and that, that, that's a really getting very liberal with the term. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was a it was a outdoor patio with a stage but it was a big area yeah 
you know, but it wasn't like an amphitheater. I remember I saw, I saw Rabbit in the Moon there. Oh, really? Okay. I, I, don't, I, I just don't know if I remember that. But I mean, yeah. it was a, it was a, it wasn't like it was a utopia thirty years ago. It was, it was. No, it was rough then. It was rough then. Yeah, I mean, it was. We were at ba- Inez's on Bailey Avenue, and we randomly hear gunshots. Yeah, you know, <laughs> but it was just we weren't as scared to go down there. I mean, I would. Uh, I went to. I don't know. Did you go down to Fields Cafe in the nineties, like the Von Ferris Street? Yeah, absolutely. Hey, we threw parties there. Yeah, I mean that you could do that, and then Martin's, of course, was open, and Howlin' Mouse back in those days. Oh yeah, let's take a call real yep. quick. Hey, you're on there. What up, Clay? This is Eric. Uh, yeah, uh, you, you said the Midnight Sun, and that just called me to call in that, that amphitheater right there, the, the live or something it's called. Uh, we had the, the the room right above the front door, the Illinois Central Building, dysfunctional. Uh, Matt, uh, Matt and Vosick and Bo Bozeman, rest in peace. Uh, but, man, that place was a hinge pin of the birth of everything rock and roll in Jackson. Yeah. I mean, it come from the blues because uh, Midnight Sun was a blues club before, I, I do believe, or that, don't before quote, hand. Yeah, don't, don't quote. Don't, uh, I'm not 100% sure about the Midnight Sun being a blues club first, but Jack Anderson, God rest his soul, uh, could, yeah. could have answered that. Maybe Chip yeah. or uh, Daryl can answer it. But, uh, but yeah, man, that little area right there, I mean, it was, and that little well, corner is also the birth of the techno too. stuff in Jackson, yeah, too. Yeah, that's, yeah. Daryl right. comes from that, that. We all had rooms up there in the Illinois Central Building. It was a, a band practice room uh, building. That's and, awesome. That's awesome, yeah. And Daryl, acid people that came out of there, Chris Painter, all those people came out of there. You know, it's wonderful rock and roll history, man. That just got me thinking about it this morning on my way to work. So and I thought I'd call and reminisce about it. Hey, I appreciate it, brother. Appreciate you working on Memorial Day. Stay safe. Yes, sir. All right, let's take a break real quick. Come back. We'll pick this conversation up on the other side. This is the Clay Edwards Show with Sean Yurtkaran live on 103.9 FM on Memorial Day. Breaking rules when necessary. We did not intend for this to turn into a Jackson nostalgia (laughs) thing, but let's just be honest. There's not a whole lot of news out there. And uh, I... I that's I cut my teeth talking about this kind of stuff. There wouldn't be a radio show today if it wasn't for talking about old school Jackson stuff. Yeah, uh, we were going to talk about AI, this, that, and the other, but we got Wednesday, I guess. Right? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, all the newsmakers have taken the weekend off. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but yeah, we were just talking about that, man. Like, uh, I remember when I was in Millsaps, there was not anything to. I mean, like, so we went to Martin's or we went to uh, Cherokee. And, or, you know, maybe Hallam. Hallam Mouse was fancy then. Like, I remember, like, it, if I was going to spend a little bit more money when I was 21, I'd go to Hallam Mouse. Yeah, it was not my crowd. Yeah. Unless uh-huh. they said the depot days, you know, mm-hmm. when they had the depot in the red room yeah. and the big room. I remember that. So on Thursday, Friday, Saturday nights, I guess it was the depot. Other than that, Hallam Mouse, well, frankly, still not my crowd. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't mean that as a knock. It's yeah. just a different crowd. Right. You know, um, where we were more of the South Jackson kind of crowd, mm-hmm. you know, we weren't really the kind of the downtown affluent kind of artsy right. crowd. And uh, so everywhere kind of had its little different thing. Frankly, Martin's was kind of like that, especially in the evening times, mm-hmm. but it had that old school daytime drinking crowd. Yeah. That it still has. Yeah. That it still <laughs> the, has. The, the daddy daycare, as they call it. Right. <laughs> you know, they're still there. I don't know how those guys are alive, but they are kicking it, man. I don't yeah. talk about the they're, old men that their livers. Oh, I mean, they're be kicking and screaming. They, they just, they, they've, they've hung strong. I mean, 
<laughs> you know, I always said when I was I used to hang out there a lot. I mean, I always hang out there, but I was like, God, my dream is to be like seventy and just sit here all day. <laughs> you know, like can afford to do it. Yeah, if you can afford to do it, you know, I just like, that's when you've arrived. I like, could be seventy years old and sit in Martins and not have a care in the world or worry about money or anything. Well, you know, we were talking about how Fondren and Bellhaven is way nicer now than it was twenty years ago. So much nicer, and, and I, I credit that, of course, to the expansion of all the medical mm-hmm. stuff. And of course, you you mentioned that lawyers and stuff lived down there too, because of course that's where all the courts and stuff are. If yeah, you work in Jackson. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a very valid point there. And how when we were growing up in South Jackson, man, I always just dreamed if I could get out here to this county line road area, this pear orchard mm-hmm. area, plantation drive boulevard, whatever that is, yeah, and get over there. Man, I will have made. I'll be in the middle of everything. This is nice. It was, you know, it was. Nice I'll meet at that me time. a good girl. You know? Yeah, and uh, it's taken forty five years. I think I finally met a good girl, but <laughs> I didn't. I didn't do it on Plantation Boulevard. Yeah. Um, but man, how how quick that area went. And look, if you live over there and you're st- and you're a homeowner and you're stuck, I apologize for what I'm about to say, but that area went to hell in a handbasket, and it happened over about a ten year slide, mm-hmm. and yeah. really maybe not even that long. Yeah, starting around like 2005-ish, it, and it, and by 2015 or whatever, it was over. I mean, it was, yeah. and it was, I mean, but it was, man, it was a vibrant I mean, area. Ridge, Ridgewood Road used to have some of the, I mean, the houses are still there. Mm-hmm. It's just gorgeous, big houses going up and down Ridgewood. My friend Rob's parents own a big house right there. Yeah. And it's always, I was amazed, like, wow, man, I know somebody who has a house here, <laughs> you know, and now I wouldn't live there. Yeah, I, I, you know, and I love those houses because I, I even like them better than the, you know, I live in a house that's built in 1920 and, you know, that era. But I love those mid-century homes. They're so they're really cool, and I've always yeah. thought about. But I wouldn't. Right. You know, Northeast Jackson is just is 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 not somewhere where I really care to live. And you know, point. it's a shame too because uh, it's it, it could, like the Lebanon Cedar Cedars of Lebanon area. Yeah, on the other Lebanon side, Pine side Grove, the that other side. That road, I can't even remember the name of it, but it runs like behind the Jaguar and uh, Land Rover dealership yeah. there. You know, those houses are neat little houses, mm-hmm. and it has the potential to have been its own little, like, Fondren-type yeah. deal, and I don't know what happened, when it went to hell, but there ain't no coming back from it. It's, yeah, man, it's it's tough. That's where that uh, attorney got, got you know, arrested yeah. for shooting the guys in his house. Uh, Cedar, Cedarhurst. Cedarhurst, yeah. Cedarhurst is, those houses are, you know, we used to do some work over there and stuff when I was at the DA's office, and it was, um, it was, it was. It, the houses are really nice, but man, that, it's scary over there. You know what? And this brings back to a greater point. You know what the the real problem of Jackson is? There's no middle class, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it's either yeah, because like if you live in Bellhaven and Fondren, or or maybe in Eastover, obviously those are wealthy people. But uh, you um, you can send your kids to private school, right? Yeah. Like most of the time, or you don't have kids like me, and you yeah. can live over there, and it's fine. But uh, if you have kids and you're middle class, how can you live in Jackson? You just you just can't. There's just nowhere. I mean, there's nowhere for you to live. And that's what they're trying to do to America. That's what your party's trying to do to America. <laughs> what, it's destroy the middle class? <laughs> yes. That's, uh, we're about lifting the middle class up, Clay. Send all our jobs overseas. <laughs> well, I think your party started that before before it was cool. I thought you, Bill Clinton did that. NAFTA. But, yeah, he started. Yeah, that was that was part. But that was uh, when everybody was a globalist, right? You yeah. know, that was a, I and, mean, I, and I'm just taking a cheap shot at you. Yo, no, no. I mean, I get it. But, but yeah, no, you're right, though. 100% like the middle class in Jackson does not exist. I mean, it, it's, it doesn't. It's either you're... You know, upper middle class, mm-hmm. or you're, you know, you're poor. Yeah, that's it. And, and and you can see how important a middle class is to a city. It's huge, right? I mean, the public's it boils down to the public school system, right? It does. Like, if you don't have a good public school system, you cannot have a functional middle class, and you cannot have a vibrant city. Mm-hmm. And that's something that Jackson has always needed to, you know, needs to do, needs to focus on. I don't, know, I don't know. I'm not a you know, education expert, and I don't know how they they can do it, how they can change that flow, but. 
man, that's just that's ruining. I mean, that I mean, think about it. Like, if you're just a guy that like wants to go buy a house, but you make under a hundred thousand dollars a year. I mean, what you what are you going to do? I mean, you can't you, you can't move to Jackson. You've got to live in the suburbs. You know, I mean, I was telling you how much I paid in rent. Right. Yeah. For my house. And you're like, gosh, dang, that's more than my mortgage was there in Rankin County. Yeah. Right. But you, but you know what? If you still had school aged children, that's perfect for you because yeah. where you live is a great place to send kids to school. Yeah. I mean, it's a great place not to get shot. Yeah, so, that too. Right. But people can deal with the. What I've learned about living in Clay and Bellhaven and stuff, people can deal with the crime, right? Yeah. People, if they love their neighborhood, they're happy with their neighborhood. They like their friends, the things they do. They're fine, but if you can't, aff- but money is a different issue. If you can't afford to send your kid to private school, well, then I mean, you're and you're not going to send people are not. And this is black and white folks, by the way. This is not. I'm not talking about white. We're, folks. we're talking about middle class. Yeah, we're middle not, class people. We're middle class people. People who get up and go to work every day. Yeah, cannot you know can't send your kids to school. Then that's that's a that's a massive problem. I mean, yeah. you can order as much Kentwood as you want. You can deal with the crime. But at the end of the day, you ain't going to send your kids to a school where they feel like they're in danger or they're not going to get a good education. When I say they're in a middle class in Jackson, I mean they're in a black middle class either. Right. Absolutely There's not. not a middle There's class not. in Jackson. You know, I mean, um, most and I've got tons of black friends that are, you know, lawyers, of course, and they most of them send their kids to private school where they live in the suburbs. Yeah. And that's just the that's just the reality that's happened in Jackson now um, where, you know, you can't you can't do that. I mean, and um, and it's sad. And I don't know how you reverse course on that. Yeah, and you know, we can sit here and say, well, it's because of Democrats, but Jackson's always been a Democrat city. Yeah, forever. I mean, from Dixiecrat to Democrat, it's always been a Democrat-led city. So, I, you know, I don't know if that's singularly the main issue. Um, I mean, and Democrats, you know, of course, my party is the party of public education, right? And we're in a city that the public education system has completely failed. And there's and there doesn't seem to be the, you know, you don't really, all you hear is, all you ever hear them they want to do is they want to pass another bond issue, Right. So, so to, to fund the fund the you know the top heavy administration, that's what they want to do. They don't really care about educating the kids. Right. They want to, and then that I mean, and so you know, if you don't do that, we're not ever going to, uh, we're never going to have a vibrant city there. I mean, that one you could like I said, you could bring if we had those top public schools in the city of Jackson, and everything else was in the condition that it is now, we'd be kicking butt. We'd be kicking butt. You know, Kim Way talks about it a lot on his show because he's running for mayor. Mm-hmm. At least that's the plan. And you know he talks about the first thing we're going to, have to fix is is this is these schools. Yep, you know, schools and crime, I, I, and I think they go hand in hand. Sure, sure they do. Right, you know uh, you yeah. fix the schools and you educate the kids and you get a middle class here. Mm-hmm. The crime will kind of take care of itself. Yeah, I think so. Right, you give the you know kids a good education, something to do, and and it will, and then you bring well, people you replenish back. the tax base. Yep, you replenish the tax base. Like I said, people will deal with all this crime stuff. Like they will deal with it. They will deal with the water stuff, but they ain't going to deal with the bad school. They they just they're not going to deal with that. Well, then I think you know for single people, it's a culmination of everything, right? Mm. And for people younger folks that want to that want to live in Jackson. It's like, man, between the water, between the crime, between the infrastructure, between the garbage disputes, between the just everything. It's like, where's the positive other than I just kind of like living here? We're, we're running out you know, when the when the bad just overwhelmingly outweighs the good outside of just well we live close to fertile ground and that's fun <laughs> that's like a big thing though right you know yeah. like if you're single like you know like me or something and you're looking for things to do I think yeah I think your neighbors is a, it, it, everything's about community right yeah. and the end of the day and so if all your friends are around you then like if I move okay like right now if I moved out to Rankin County I mean I wouldn't know anybody like I don't know what I do all day I just sit there and I wouldn't know anybody because and then I'd be driving back to Bellhaven to hang out with all my buds all the time. 
And, you know. We got a couple cool watering holes. You make new friends. Yeah, I guess I have to make new friends. But, I mean, you know, I'm 43 years old. I like, I don't really want to make a whole lot of new friends. Like, I'm, like I like my crew and I like, I'm comfortable. I'm, that's another thing. You, you get comfortable sure. where you are. You get really comfortable and it's hard to but just then, pick up and go somewhere. But then you wake up. And your home's lost all its value. And that's and the stuck. struggle, man. And I no. tell you what, and like, you know, you, you sound like my sister and, uh, and other friends of mine who said, you know, Sean, the longer you hang on to that house, like, when's it going to come to a point where you're just like, it's going to financially ruin you? Uh, you know? my, my parents are in a similar situation. With, mm-hmm. I mean, they'll never be able to replace the square footage right. on their budget in Rankin or Madison County. They yeah. just won't. You know, it's a nice house, pool, the whole nine yards. But it ain't going up in value either. Let's take a break. We'll, okay. we'll be right back. When necessary. Welcome back into the Clay Edwards Show. Hey, if you're looking for something to eat today uh, for lunch, check out the Big Salad right out there in Dogwood. If you're out and about shopping on this Memorial Day uh, and not hanging out by the pool, the Big Salad needs to be your spot. It's right there in Dogwood, right across from Amerigo, right down, right down there by the cookie store. And, man, I'm going to tell you, I went by there. Uh, I've told the story a couple times now, and um, my girlfriend got the bravocado salad. I got the chicken Caesar wrap. I believe it's called the Hill Caesar. <laughs> and, uh, man, it was really good. But they got subs. They got a ton of salads, like specialty salads. And, of course, you can build your own salad, and that's probably the path I take. I'm kind of simple with my salads. Give me some uh, grilled chicken. Give me some lettuce. Some cheese, some bacon bits, some croutons, and some ranch dressing. A lot of ranch dressing. <laughs> and uh, let's let it rip. So, uh, hey, I may, I may do that today. I've actually got to go over that way and uh, see a buddy of mine. <clears throat> so I may stop by and hit up The Big Salad. You can check them out online, thebigsalad.com. We were talking during the break. Uh, and you, you were talking about uh, you run across some younger folks that uh, – they don't. They question. They question my Jackson street cred. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a that's a general theme. That's your street cred in Jackson. Because <laughs> you, like, you sold out Clay and you went to Rankin County, man. You went across that river. I put this on Facebook. You went across that river, man. You know. <laughs> well, I, I, I've said it a million times, and I've proven to be right on this deal. Um, the criminal justice system favors the criminal now. Yeah. In Jackson, sure. over at least overwhelmingly if you have to shoot a bad guy in self-defense it appears that the criminal justice system uh favors the bad guy and when a city that is as high in crime as it is that's a bad situation for a guy that just wants to defend himself or woman mm-hmm. and i could not put myself in that position i mean I, I dealt with the water i've dealt with the crime i've dealt with the nonsense the infrastructure everything yeah uh for 43 of my 45 years i've only been gone for two years and I still come through Jackson every day, but neither here nor there. Um, when I started the Save Jackson page, I lived in Jackson. Yeah. You know, that wasn't something I, I started on my way out the door. Uh, I, I've got more skin in the game in Jackson than 90% of the people will ever, ever have, regardless of how long they live here. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, sent my kids to school, and my kid to school in Jackson, private school, mind you, but to school in Jackson nonetheless. You know, everybody's got the reasoning, but I, I have to know that if I have to defend myself, I have a fair chance of keeping my freedom. And that does not appear to be the case in Jackson, Mississippi right now. Right. Yeah. I mean, well, of course, what happened, that Bradley Wellborn thing was pretty disturbing. And then, you know, there's the... The, the, um, the Anthony Fox thing is tragic. And the Anthony Fox thing. And then there's, the, you know, of course, there's the, the most recent thing, which I'm not saying, like, what those officers did was, was good or anything like that. But, uh, 
it does um you know there it just it just gives this aura that there's an attack on the police i guess and that scares people you know well you know i also saw the fight put up against the Capitol Police. Well, that's what I was going to bring up. I was thinking of the break. So in my neighborhood, the big thing going on now is the election between David Blunt, who's a senator, state Democrat, state senator, mm-hmm. and uh, Dwayne Pickett, your friend. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and um, and I didn't. He's not my friend. I know. I didn't know who David Blunt was running against until the other day. A friend of mine were like yeah. talking about some fundraiser for him and. And I was like, well, who's even running? I don't know. I always see David walking his dog around in front of my house and neighborhood and whatever. And then uh, then they and I was like, uh, they're like, is I was like, is other guy? You know, I asked this other guy, you know, decent candidate. I don't know, right? I'm curious. And they're like, they're like, it's Dwayne Pickett. I was like, okay, well, go David. Yeah, <laughs> I was really? like, I was like, uh, yeah, like, uh, yeah, I could see why because you know, I, I, I uh, what's made my neighborhood better? I know we talk about this every show, and it's worth talking about. Is the Capitol Police have made that neighborhood better. They have made it. They've made it safer and livable, and we're able to um, go. To, I mean, I walk to the brewery. You're there, able to walk your dog, even though I was drinking non-alcoholic beer. I still go to the brewery, and I walked over there. And I can. In my house is about three blocks from there, and uh, you know, I, I wouldn't do that. Uh, you know, earlier last year or something, and because they, um, oh yeah, I walk my dog at night. Because, but it's because they're out there. Like I call them the Empire now. That's my new name for them because they're yeah. in these black and white, you know, uh, SUVs, and they look like they're like stormtroopers just driving around. <laughs> they're like they just see some dude like he looks like he's up to something. They get out and they're like they. I mean, they're always their presence is felt. And what's that, cool is, you, know, you, you get out and you have an interaction with with, with some, or they have an interaction with a guy, and it, the guy checks off all the boxes. Nothing wrong with him. Yep. Guess what? Now he has a relationship with the police. It's called community policing. They, they do. You learn the people in the neighborhood. Maybe somebody looks out of place, but maybe they just look like that. Yeah. You know, it's not necessarily racial profiling because it, it, maybe it's just a dude. There's a lot of how do I say hippie type folks. In the Fondren building. Yeah, there's there. a lot of dudes just walking around, yeah. and I'm talking white or black, like just randomly walking around. And I had, mm-hmm. I, mean, I had a, a white guy that was, you know, looked kind of scraggly, knocking, he came knocked on my door the other day, you know, asking for money, just brazen enough just to walk up to my door, my house, and uh, you know, I mean, this is a just a like kind of a hippieish white guy, like you would say, and um, but yeah, you're right about the community policing. So I think you probably saw this on Facebook a couple weeks ago. Someone had there's a creek like one house down from me, and uh, on Monroe Street, and they um. They, somebody had killed a dog, or dog died, and they wrapped it in cellophane and put a rug on it, right? And it was, um, and they threw it on next to the creek, and it looked like a human body. So I was walking by, and I was like, "Dang it, man, that's a dead dude," you know, because it looked like <laughs> yeah. I was like, "This sucks!" Like right next to my dang house, I was like, "Actually, I thought about you." I was like, "I'm gonna have to send this to Clay and talk about this dead guy next to my house," you know. And uh, well, so you know, got the Capitol Police over there. There's a female officer. I don't remember her name, but she was wonderful. And she came over there, and she just looked at. It, she's like, "Nah." That's, that looks like a dog now. She's messing around with him. Somebody had fighting dogs, and they threw the, Ugh. you know, one of the, yeah, horrible. Oh, man, maybe even, I mean, I know it sounds bad, but I'm a huge dog person, and, and I was like, somebody, you know, did this to a dog. I said, let's go, let's go get him. Let's, well, I want to jump in the Capitol Police SUV and, like, like let's go get this guy right yeah, cause, now. Because more times than not in Jackson, if you end up dead wrapped up in a, in a rug, you're probably a bad guy, too. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah, you're yeah. I'm 99% of the time you did something that probably got you killed. And, uh, but I thought, I mean, I, it's funny, the first person I thought it was you, I was like, oh, I said, he's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna joke with me about this one, about the dead guy next to my house. But then it ended up being the, uh, you know, the, the, unfortunately, me, a dog that, that somebody used for fighting. But Capitol Police came out there and they took care of the situation real quick and, you know, handled it and, like, you know, met a bunch of my neighbors came out and everybody talked to them. And, I mean, it was wonderful. I was like, this is like what we've been lacking mm-hmm. for years. It's like having this kind of, you know, community out there. And so they've just been wonderful. And Pastor Pickett has been at war with yes. the Capitol Police. It's 
So I will do everything. There will be a David Blunt sign in front of my house, yeah. whatever it takes, because, uh, yeah, that man cannot – I don't want him to represent my neighborhood. No. No. We have to separate national politics from local politics. Right. They're two different things. They function differently. And uh, you, you, these far left-wing agenda, anti-police stuff, it, it plays well nationally. Mm-hmm. It does not – it does not – translate to real world locally yeah i mean well like also i don't know if the listeners know david blunt's a democrat so yeah. these are two democrats running against her we're mm-hmm. not talking about a republican versus democrat and um but i mean as far as i know he was a supporter of the capitol police I, i'm not gonna i don't want to put words in his mouth but i think that's true well and, he had he had to play play face and pretend he was against hb 1020 because uh, they the, but that the, was the courts right like yeah. so i think people i think the, people were for capital police but like against the courts yeah where where pickett is just against capital police yeah he yeah he's, he's he says it's a bunch of white cops mm-hmm. down here playing cowboys and bad guys and the stats that's play what otherwise saying. what is it 74% black yeah I you think? got the stats and yep. read that the, it's primarily black officers and mm-hmm. uh, who who you know and and i'm not saying i like by the way i don't want anybody to think that i'm talking bad about jpd because i love jpd i've worked with jpd for years and there's nothing better than um, the officers I worked with, one of them is a the, the, they, the they sheriff. Of them. Yeah, there's not enough of them, and, and the mayor's in charge of it. An, yeah. anti, an anti-police mayor is in charge of mm-hmm. JPD, and th- that's an issue. Yeah, I mean, th- exactly. He, he's he is the issue, and he is he is anti-JPD. And JPD, like you know, back in my day, like we had the the current sheriff Tyree Jones was on was a robbery homicide. One of the best cops you're ever going to meet. Okay. And I mean, and you know, there was guys like Derek Jordan, and Chris Watkins, and Eric Smith, who you know, unfortunately passed was was killed in the line of duty. I mean, these, those guys cared, and they were good cops. You and know, I'm not saying that there's not good cops there now either, but so I don't want it to be an attack on JPD because it's not their fault. You, you know? know, only two cops have gotten the Eric Smith Award, and Anthony Fox is one of them. Did he? I did not know that. Yep. And if you knew Eric Smith, uh, I'm telling you, man, the I don't know the world's ever created a better cop. Like that guy was. Uh, they I told I think I said on the air the first 48 was going to come here because Eric Smith solved homicides faster than any other detective in the United States. That's awesome. Let's take a break real quick. Come back, land the plane for the day. This is the Clay Edwards Show with Sean york Karan live on 103.9 FM WYAB. It's our third annual Memorial Day edition show. Welcome back into the Clay Edwards Show. As we get ready to land the plane here on this Memorial Day, uh, implore everybody to remember the reason for the holiday. Give thanks to those who made the ultimate sacrifice for our freedoms so we can get up here and we can bicker back and forth and do talk radio and do everything that we do, play on the social media, uh, everything. We did it because the greatest generation gave everything. Yeah, and uh, if anybody wants to go run Murph with me at 10 o'clock, which is what I'm doing today at CrossFit Fondren, and I don't know if everybody listeners run do Murph, but it's a fun little little exercise, <laughs> you know, one-mile run. and uh, you It's, know, a, it's a fun exercise of, say, of self-hate. Yeah, it's self-hate, right? I got my uh, weighted vest with me. We'll see. I think I'm going to walk the miles on this one and then do all the push-ups and uh, pull-ups and uh, air squats and stuff, but uh, we'll see. You know, I'm getting kind of old for the running. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll be back here tomorrow. Um, I'm, I'm not sure if Teresa will be here or not. I uh, haven't spoke with her, but I'll be back here tomorrow for a live show, and then Sean will be back with me Wednesday, and I'm sure we'll have some some uh, shenanigans to talk about by then. Um, I saw where they did it. They came to some kind of agreement on the debt ceiling. They which, did. I mean, I know that's important. 
It just bores me to tears. <laughs> yeah, nobody's yeah. going to call in and talk about the debt ceiling, right? You know, but <laughs> good, I guess. I found a way to spend more money. Yeah, that's right. They they agreed to cut stuff that they'd already spent more money on. And, you know, oh, yeah. man. Maybe we'll talk about Black Lives Matter filing bankruptcy or heading towards insolvency. Or, Are they? Yep. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, actually, they continue to pay themselves millions and millions of dollars and family members <laughs> millions of dollars. What a. Oh. What a grift. Wait, you're talking about people are – did you see the Trump bucks scam that went on this weekend? No. That all these people bought Trump bucks and got totally – not. They weren't, it wasn't Donald Trump, by the way. Yeah. It was like outside organizations yeah. doing this. But we'll, the, yeah. we'll take a look into that, too. Trump's <laughs> yeah. NFTs did very well. <laughs> I remember the superhero thing. Yeah. <laughs> all right, man. We'll be back here tomorrow, Sean. Thank you for getting up and coming in today. Appreciate your, your service as well, my friend. Thanks. Thank you. All right. We'll see you all on the other side. Stay safe. Stay blessed. Happy Memorial Day. Thanks for listening. Tune in tomorrow at 7 a.m. as the Clay Edwards Show discusses all that is going on in and around the city of Jackson. This concludes our broadcast day. Right here on 103.9 WYAB.